Good morning. On this ball of question crunch, my dear friend Free Isabello is here to answer questions about his career in the comic book industry, the differences between steampunk and western, and Donald Trump's inability to ride a horse. <laughs> Yeah, we, we before we started recording, or at least you know when we were recording, but before the show started going, uh, we did mention that the last time we saw each other was just before the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, like a week before uh, California lockdown for the coronavirus uh, pandemic. We that was the last event I think we did. The last uh, well for me it was the first event, the first and last event until <laughs> now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think I have. I think that was the last one I did. The first and last of the season. So, yeah. I, I, rem yeah. I remember at that event, we were even, jo uh, a lot of us were cracking jokes about it because we didn't know how serious it was going to get. And uh, we were just like, oh, we can't we can't hug each other. Oh, you know, <laughs> let's do the elbow tap. Let's do the bump. Um, I, I think I did hug some people just because, you know, I, I, I don't get to see a lot of people. I only see people like shows. And so, if we're going to go in lockdown, I'd like to get some last hugs in. Um, <laughs> who knew that they were going to be uh, some of the last hugs, period, that I've get that I've gotten. Um, I'm fully vaccinated now, so I've just been going and visiting other fully vaccinated folks and just giving out hugs. It's amazing. I miss <laughs> hugs. Well, I mean, that, that's a great uh, thing that, that you got vaccinated because, I mean, that we all need to do it. We all need to keep each other safe. So, um but yeah, that, that last show, I mean, what a great show that is, though. The San Diego Comic Fest, um, it's a smaller show compared to the ones that I normally do. Like, I normally do, like, Denver, New York, um, you know, San Diego Comic Con. Um, but the San Diego Comic Fest is actually one of my more fun shows to do. Um, and just so happens it was the last one to do. I, I did pretty well. And I was thinking, this has to last me through a whole pandemic. We don't know when this is going to lift. Um, it, it's such a weird thing, though, because um, I thought because of the pandemic that I was going to be dead in the water. Like, I don't know how I was going to get money or whatever, but um, the people that used to come visit me at, at conventions and everything, they were like, oh, do you, are you still doing uh, commissions? Like, are you still taking work? I'm like, yeah, of course, I would love to. And so I actually got busier than I was during the pandemic than I was, you know, when I was just doing regular shows. So, yeah. now, what, were, what were the commissions? Because I, I also, during the pandemic, because I, I, I know a lot of people who are fans of mine uh, and they're D&D &D players, and I got a lot of commissions for D&D &D characters because I think that now that they're stuck home, there's more D&D &D time and they want to find other characters. So what kind of yeah, commissions I did you get? I actually got a few D and D characters. All right, uh, I got D and D. Um, I got normal like because um, again, Avengers, like you know, comic book stuff. Um, I got a lot of tattoo designs. Um, normally, I don't design tattoos anymore. Um, the, one of the reasons why is because I'll design it, and they'll be like, "Oh, can you change this? Can you change?" It? And I'll do it again. Oh, you know what? I kind of like that one better. Can you change? And after a while, I was doing like six or seven revisions. So I just don't do tattoos anymore. Um, but because of the pandemic, you know, 
people had money to spend with the stimuluses and unemployment and all that. Um, and they were getting tattooed. I was like, how are you going to get a tattoo in the pandemic? Yeah, right. Not stopping anyway. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's your thing. I'm not touching you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm not going to judge, but right. uh, let's see the money. <laughs> PayPal me the money and you can do whatever you want as long as I'm not anywhere near you. Um, but the, yeah. the, the back and forth of revisions can get exhausting. Oh. Especially when they're like, like you, you go over the preliminary design and they approve it and then you go to ink and then they change their mind. I was like, oh, and then they change their mind again. It's like, oh my God. And I, mean, I get it because it's a permanent thing on your body and it's a part of your soul, a part of who you are. But that, that's why I, I, I'm, like, I'm the kind of guy, like, if you don't like my work, then don't, then don't use it. Um, but again, when they're paying, that's where the professionalism has to come in. And, you know, but I, but I don't I really do tattoos. But I also feel like a lot of people who don't know art will will add stuff or uh, suggest stuff that will make the image too overcrowded or too unbalanced. And yeah. the, you you have to try to explain to someone who might not know why it's overbal uh, why it's unbalanced. You have to try to explain them in terms that uh, someone who's not an artist can understand and accept. Yeah. And that can get very uh, that can get weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where I'm talking about, where I'm talking about, oh, go on. Yeah, it's like visually, you know, it, it, it'll look better if there's only five flowers, but they literally want 60 flowers on there, representing everybody in their family. And I'm like, yeah, you put six flowers, <laughs> represent 10 of each, um, you know, like the like the last names of their family, whatever. So, yeah, it, it sometimes it gets a little crowded and they ask for weird shit. And you're like, okay, well, fine. <laughs> I'm paying for my rent, so what am I going to say? You know. I, I think there's been times where uh, someone has someone has asked, uh, "Can I change your color on the character?" I'm like, "That's cool," but uh, if there's too many cool colors, it won't look as balanced and won't look as because uh, you're, if you're looking for an '80s cartoon character, you want to make sure that the colors are not too are, are not leaning in one direction. You don't want the character to be too monochromatic. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really weird experience to <laughs> have that discussion. Um, right. So, on that note, uh, what is your art history? Uh, well, okay. So, to make a long story short. No, um, make that short story long. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm actually from Hawaii. And so, I, I just went to school like a regular school. I used to get... I used to tell people, yeah, I went to art school. I went to English, math, social studies, history. All those classes was my art classes. Um, and I, 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 was, I don't know, I just, I was more into graffiti style art. So while I was in Hawaii, I did more graffiti stuff. Only recently when I moved to Las Vegas is when I got into the comic book side of it. The illustration side, the um, sequential art. Um, but before that, it was all graffiti. And so I've only been doing comic books for about eight years now. Um, I would say seven because this past year is like, I don't count this past year. <laughs> but, I, I think I think a lot of people have said that 2020 is a mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, 
Well, yeah, so I, that, that's really my art history. I don't, I never went to school for it. I never went to higher learning for it. Um, I learned, like, in, in my lifetime, you know, when I was doing graffiti art, I learned a few things. And then I learned the fact that you need to learn how to draw everything because you're creating a world. You know, you need to draw palm trees in the back of your character, you know, or on the side of a, your name. Um, but you also have to be fast. And, and what happens is if you're not fast, you're busted. Because, you know, graffiti artists, if you're not fast, they're coming for you. Um, you're going to get caught. Exactly. But also when you, when you do it fast, you get more of a a flow to your artwork. Um, I'm not saying like rush through it, but I'm saying use the the motion and the emotions when you're when you're not thinking about it. You're just kind of going with the flow. Um, you can you can tighten up the actual drawing later, but get that motion. Um, and so that that's the kind of art. I mean, that's my art history. That's my art standing. And I never took a yeah, I mean, I, I picked up art books here and there. Um, you know, how to draw horses, how to draw perspective, houses, and all that stuff. But it really came from just learning on my own. You know, I, I never really went to school for it. Now, I suggest to to young artists, I was like, go to school. You know, go to your library. Do everything to educate yourself, to gain that knowledge. Because you never know when you're gonna draw a soda can in somebody's hand, and that soda can you gotta crush it. Now, what does that crush look like? You know, if you got like a woman or a man, like with drapes, how his how his uh, shirt would drape over certain areas of the body, like you know, um, learn all of those little things. So that's that's really what I did. I just sucked up some knowledge along the way and. Now I'm doing it for a living. Well, even even just as a graffiti artist, when you said that you had to learn how to draw a palm tree, because a lot of people, when they think of graffiti art, they don't think of all the little details that are going to uh, enhance the drawing. And a palm tree is a perfect example of like, that's shit that most people aren't going to think about. They're not going to think about, oh, you know what? I should learn how to draw leaves. That is weird. Um, and I <laughs> always tell people that, you're only going to get good at. Uh, you're only going to get. You're only going to get better as an artist if you have that kind of hunger to learn how to draw new shit. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're already comfortable in, in what you draw, you're not learning anything. You know, um, that's why. I mean, it, it's when people tell me, "Oh, hands are hard to draw." Draw them the most. Like go to your. You know. I don't know, go to the park and sit there and just draw your hands for an hour, you know. Um, like, for me, it was perspective. I hated drawing buildings, you know, but I learned techniques on how to do it. So now, even though I'm not great at it, I can pass. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm stopping. I can pass, but now I need to learn how to draw windows. Now I need to learn how to draw architecture. How to draw, you know, just where to put the, um, the you know, the certain lines, the certain areas. So, I mean, I, again, it, it's all about a learning curve for everybody. And hopefully the young artists out there don't just give up because it's too hard to draw hands and all that stuff. So, I remember my, uh, my nephew, 
he drew me and uh, he got to the eyes and he's like, you know, I don't have to draw glasses, right? I'm like, it's true. You don't have to. Art is subjective. You can just make up whatever you want. Yeah. But you can still try. And, all, and if you already drew the eyes, then just draw a line around the eye and there's glasses. <laughs> like, like your technique, when I first saw it, um, because you don't put pupils or anything in glasses. Just in my comic strip. Just in my comic strip. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was looking at it and at first I was like, how come they don't have eyes? <laughs> and then you, then you told me, well, because I drug, like, in the comics, especially in comics, in, in uh, comedic illustration, like, um, cartoony stuff. Yeah, a lot of them, they, they, it focuses on the frames and the, the eyebrows, you know, to make that, that whole thing happen. And I was like, you're right. Even, even though you might not have a pupil in there, I know exactly what emotion your character has. And so I was like, like when we first sat next to each other on the table at a San Diego Comic Fest, I was learning so much from you, and I didn't realize it. Um, and then I bought, you know, I got your books and all that. I was like, this guy's amazing. And then, <laughs> and then now when I'm watching, like looking at your uh, your Disney Challenge, like the monthly Disney Challenge, um, some of them have the you know you know the framing and the glasses and the eyes in them and everything. Um, but again, it's just different techniques and different styles that you are applying to it. Yeah, I, I'm amazed at your stuff, man. I love it. Especially oh. because I miss Disney so much. <laughs> it brings me to it. So I totally know how you feel. And um, um, so I've mentioned this on many episodes of this podcast that San Diego Comic Fest is the is the one convention where I always come back, uh, come from it with a new friend. And when we share a table, because you never know who's going to be your neighbor. And, it, you know, sometimes they're going to be, you know, cool people, whatever. But when they're really awesome people, uh, like that year when we were sitting next to each other, I was like, man, this is great. This is fantastic. Just being able to <laughs> chat about nerdy shit. And um, I remember we were even talking about some diva that was just down the walkway. They're like, oh, man, I... I have too small a space. It's like, calm down, calm down. <laughs> like we're we're here to talk to the customers. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I remember that, especially because um, everybody was sharing space, and of course you can, you know, certain people had the whole table. We shared a half table each, but it, we made it work. Um, had yeah, a good time. Yeah, <laughs> and that that camaraderie came out of that that small space. Um, I re I remember that that D were like, oh, I can't believe it. I can't I can't display my stuff. No. It's like the, the people are gonna like your stuff if they like it. You know, no matter what kind of bigger spaces, they're gonna see your banner. They're like, oh, let me see what check it out. I mean, let's let's be honest. San Diego Comic Press, the 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 uh, artist alley, is not that big. So if you're looking for artist stuff, you're looking for independent work. You're gonna go to every single table and every single artist, even if you don't like them, even if you've never heard of them before, you're gonna go there just to be curious on what they do. And if you're nice and if you're approachable and you have good stuff, then you're gonna sell. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna get your work out there. But if you have that attitude of it's not big enough, I need more, then people are gonna pick that up and they're not gonna wanna talk to you anyway. But we had a great time. We <laughs> We oh, I love it. That's that was one of my favorite years. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that was literally like, oh wow, that was three years ago. Was it three um, years ago? Yeah, 
because we did two together, uh-huh. and then the pandemic started, and it's already been a year since then. So that's just, that was three years ago, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I raved about you forever. Friends <laughs> in like Las Vegas, like, dude, you got Jimmy. He's awesome. And he's like political. You should see his stuff with Donald Trump. <laughs> and um, uh, one one thing that I loved that you mentioned when you're talking about your art history is you want to be fast, and that's something I usually tell to a lot of people. Where um, I tell people you have to do gesture drawings. Gesture drawings are such a really good lesson to be able to capture the energy of the character. You can clean that up, but just scribble some just scribble some forms. Just just see how it looks and. Um, a lot of times when you get too inside of your own head, you won't capture the natural gesture and it looks too stoic, too robotic, and it looks, it's not going to look comfortable. Right. I, I mean, I, I, uh, okay. So you sent me a few questions, you know, pre end Yeah. And I was looking through the questions. And one of the questions was, uh, who are my, um, art influence? Oh, we can get there right now. We can do the, what, is, what art has inspired your style? Well, well, the reason why I brought it up is because if you look at my artwork, a lot of it is inspired by the 90s superheroes, like um, Image and all that. And uh, so you see a lot of Jim Lee, you see a lot of Mark Silvestri, you see a lot of um, Wes Patasio, but you'll also see, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, you'll also see some Rob Liefeld. I I expected you were getting to that name, and I was like, ah, oh, he's gonna say it. He's gonna say it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's undeniable because back then he was the golden boy, you know, him and Jim Lee and all those guys from Image. Sure. Um, and that's why some of my work seems a little stiff because I was emulating the '90s style. You know, um, I should have gone with. Instead of Jim Lee, and Jim Lee is an awesome artist. Instead of Jim Lee, I should have gone with Neil Adams. Um, instead of Rob Liefeld, I should have gone with Jack Kirby. His, he didn't have the anatomy, but he had the, the dynamics. Um, and so, but it, it, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a, a weird thing. But my influence when I was growing up was Norman Rockwell. And because his emotions in his face, the way he studied the human body, the, the way they move, you know. Um, a lot of his artwork came from the Saturday Evening Post covers, and every image that he put out always had, like, this little subtle movement. Um, like when the cop was talking to the kid at the, at the, uh, I guess, what, what are they called, the fountain? Yeah, or, the, the, yeah. the soda shop or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the soda hop, the show shop. And um, like just then looking at each other, just that you can feel them breathing, you know. Um, so I tried to emulate him, but I, I, I just, <laughs> I can't, like I'm trying to, but it, it doesn't really come out in the artwork because it's comic book artwork. Um, Bernie Wrightson, um, Barry Windsor Smith, all of those old school guys, um, Frank Frazetta, um, they had that style back in those days. But when I came up, um, like I said, I, I didn't start getting into comics until way later in life. So my influences were like, you know, the 90s image stuff. 
And by that time, it was very stiff. Every muscle is showing, you know, like they're just standing there. And you can see every <laughs> every muscle in the in the body. It's like nobody stands like that. That's not natural. But again, I learned that way because I was just looking at the comic book. And then I got into um like you know, going into art books to show me what anatomy looks like for real. <laughs> and not just hyper extended all the time. Um and so yeah, that's that's like that was my art influence. When I when I grew up, the Norman Rockwell book was always by my side. Uh, Wendy and Richard Penny from ElfQuest. Um, Mark Kessler, he uh, did a show on PBS called, I forgot what it was called. It was like the Drawing Spaceship Coaster or whatever. And he was a big influence on me. I It was actually, okay, so that year that I was sitting next to you, is when I actually met him at um, San Diego Comic Fest. And I got to be on his live broadcast, drawing like techniques on how to draw a comic superhero face, because you know, they're very square jawed and all that kind of stuff. And so I, my my entire life came to a point right there, like full circle. I was like, oh my God, I used to watch this guy when I was like, like seven years old <laughs> on PBS. Right after, uh, you know, like the electric company and the Bloodhound again, 321 contact, and then it was Mark. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this. This is awesome. <laughs> how, how were you able to keep down the ner nerding out, or did you just go full nerd? I was going to go full nerd. Yeah. He kind of stopped me. He's like, you know what? I love your stuff. I look at your, you know, your colors, your, you know, your, because he was looking at all my Disney posters, um, my, my steampunk stuff. I love your work, you know. And so he kind of calmed me down to the point where I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know. Um, but, I, again, it was just one of those those moments in life where th this is the reason why I love the industry that we're in. Is that if you have a, like, um, I can't say hero, but if you have an influence. Somebody that you that literally would draw on PBS, don't even know your name, never met you, and but years later you can actually meet them at these comic com comic conventions. Um, like I used to tell people, like you can't go and just go to a convention and meet Brad Pitt if you're a you know if you're a, uh, an actor or Al Pacino or De Niro or whatever, you can't just go meet them at a convention, but. As artists, you can go see Ross. You can go see, you know, Jim Lee or whoever. Um, and I, I, I don't know. It's just I love that about our industry. That, like, say for example, meeting you. I met a great artist, great guy, and now our friendship has lasted three years. You know, um, and I got to see you. You grow from what you used to do into what you're doing now and still continue to grow. I, I mean, I love this industry. Oh my God, I, I can go on forever. So Likewise, and I look very forward to be able to, uh, like I feel like the next time Comic Fest is safe enough to be able to be there, to, to exist, I, I kind of want a request to be next to you just so I can have that kind of like, we're back in a show. I, wanna be, I, wanna, I want to be uh, fantastic. I want to be able to be next to my friends. <laughs> 
I, I'm totally down for that. I'll cool. request you request me. Sounds um, good. Um, so you say that your your drawings are stiff because it's inspired by the '90s art. Um, I I don't think I would use the word stiff because yes, there's a lot of muscles that don't exist. Um, <laughs> but I also kind of feel like it's impressionism for anatomy. Like it's it's not it's not necessary for it to be real. Like there's a lot of cool lines and shadows on there that are just very dramatic, very active, and very uh, engaging. I don't think that we need a focus. Like Norman Rockwell is hyper realistic. That's yeah. not what I look for when I want to see heroes. I want to see some some. I want to see fantasy. I want to see imaginary stuff. I want to see a million biceps on one arm. <laughs> <laughs> you want it all lumpy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to see a. I want to see a thirty-two pack on your belt on your stomach. <laughs> Put a bunch of pouches on your belt. Yeah. Uh, well, again, that's that's the reason why, like when I draw superhero comic, I'll, I'll do it in that style. Um, it was like, for example, I just recently, again, you know, busy during the pandemic, I did a, a western, a western comic that had vests and guns and hats and all that. So you don't see the inside, you know, you don't see the naked body or the spandex body. Um, and so, of course, you don't put it in. Of course, it looks weird, you know. Like, yeah, vest vest not supposed to have bicep or pecs. So, um, you know, I mean, yeah, you put in a few shadows here and there to get that form. But, you know, I do that. Or if I did a, just recently again, I did a cartoony style version, like comic book. Um, and I, I don't know what it's called. Like when animals have like human features or human uh, I think it's anthropomorphic is that it I know that it, that's the same with uh, objects when you draw like a candlestick being human I think it's anthropomorphic anthropomorphic so I did it like that but again they're furry so I, I'm not going to put in you know I mean I'll, I'll put in the form but you know you gotta make them furry <laughs> um so there's different styles to the to comics and I think that's what keeps me interested in doing it, because it, it doesn't have to be one style. It doesn't, and I had to learn that, because in the beginning when I started doing um, professional work, everything looked the same. Everything had pecs and you know 32 abs and you know side muscles that go out into nowhere, and big huge shoulders and all. everything had that. Um, and then I, I had to learn. Um, while doing certain um, projects that the writer or the creator was like, that's not really how people look. <laughs> that's not really how the character would be. And so I had to change my mindset in thinking that heroes have to look all hero-y, you know. Um, I had to change my mindset where it's like a hero can be chubby. A hero can have small, you know, big feet, small feet, big hands, whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just had to change with whatever project I was doing and it really helped. And I, again, that's why I love doing comics because every different project is a different world that I have to try and create. So, uh, did you have to do some weird Google searches to do a Western? Uh, you know, it, it's funny. I thought that I could do it like, oh yeah, no problem because I do steampunk. Sure. And, you know, steampunk is set in the 80s. I mean, in the 80s. 
in the, in the, <laughs> in the 1800s. Well, technically the 80s, just 1880s. Sure. Um, now I kind of want steampunk in 80s, like actual 1980s, but steampunk. That could be a lot of fun. A lot right? of neon, and, <laughs> neon <laughs> gears. <laughs> and, like neon, you know. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so I was thinking, yeah, I can do it easy. And then I realized, like, no, it's not the same because the steampunk thing, it, it, steampunk, I tell people that don't know what it is. It's a reimagining of steam technology instead of electricity. And they're like, oh, okay. So, you know, it's like a locomotive. Exactly. But now think of that locomotive as a car or as a motorcycle. Um, instead of, like, instead of gas, you got water. Um, and you know, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I thought that I had it covered. And yeah, like and I'm glad you brought it up because I had to relearn everything. I had to Google crazy just to get like I you know, you think of a revolver and you know how to draw a revolver. But for me, I knew how to draw a steampunk revolver. You know. Putting in extra details that they don't they, what what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> Gears don't go on triggers, dude. Um, so I have to, again, just to be more accurate, you learn. You know, you get out there and you, you read a book. Or you go on Google. Or I actually went down to the library and looked up, uh, like, Western, you know, like actual Western weaponry and Western um, garb. You know, because you're not just doing men. You're doing women, children, everything. Um, like, for example, uh, that movie, uh, Shakespeare in Love, has nothing to do with steampunk, but Shakespeare in Love. They're like, the, the white fluffy shirts that they're wearing would never be worn in public. Those are actually um, undergarments from back in the days. So when they're just walking around, like, I'm, I'm, I'm the best looking person. They're literally walking around like, like an emperor in no clothes. You know, <laughs> So, like, little things like that I have to kind of learn. Like, um, you know, they didn't have certain kind of holsters. They didn't have, um, nobody really wore chaps all the time. Like how we see in the John Wayne movies. You know, I, I, again, it's all, um, I was trying to do it historically correct. Without bringing too much of the, um, the cinema, you know, cinema into it. So. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, man, because I did do a lot of research for that. It took me forever just to get the, the concepts down. And then once I got that down, then we, we moved on and got it done. So, Well, yeah. it's, it's it's just funny because like, uh, for my Disney art challenge I'm doing, um, I drew one costume. And I've seen the kind of outfit that the, uh, the, the cast member was wearing. I've seen that before. But it was mm -hmm. really neat focusing closely on the folds because it's a thick material. And seeing, because like, you know, with t-shirts and whatnot, the folds are really easy to make. The wrinkles are easy to make. But when it's thicker, the folds are much more, like, not too many folds because they have to go all the way around kind of thing. And yeah. that was a lot of fun learning how to draw that and experimenting with how those lines look. That was, so when you said cowboy, I'm like, yeah, that reminds me of the tassels I had to put on a vest recently. I mean, again, you, you don't know, you don't know until you got to do it, you know, and that's the fun part about drawing all the time is you're always learning something new. So, 
Always. Yeah. I've, told people, I've told people being an artist means you're going to be at school forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a question. Have you gone back to, um, to Disneyland since it reopened? Nope. I'm not going. I'm, people, uh, even when I worked at Disneyland and there's, you know, there's little areas that you get to smoke, that you get to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. And people were like, people break that rule all the time. So why would they follow the mask rule? Right. <laughs> They're going to walk in there with the mask, go into the tunnel and take it off. Or I you see know? people like, I see people who have to sneeze, lower their mask so they don't sneeze in their mask. And it's like, no, that's the point. Do the mask. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the reason. This is what you're supposed to do. So well, I, I don't, I don't want to go to the amusement park for a while. I don't know. I don't know when I'll feel safe about that. <laughs> like, honestly, I love Disney. Like, the only thing really kind of... Well, there's two things holding me back. Number one, I'm not a resident of California. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, right now, you have to be a resident. Um, you, oh, you shit, I'll go to Disneyland then. No. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I love the way you live, dude. You live in the Inland Empire. I mean, how cool does that sound? Da, 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 da. <laughs> I feel like every time I tell someone I live in the Inland Empire, they're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, what is that? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's not that cool. It's San Bernardino and other places. But. <laughs> Rialto, Fontana, you know, that whole jumble of whatever. <laughs> but it sounds rad. <laughs> um, and, and, and again, just because it, I know the other day, I went to Fremont Street Experience um, in Las Vegas. Uh, my friends were visiting from here, from California. I'm in California right now. That's why all of this is all crazy stuff. This is a studio that we're in. Um, and, you know, they opened it up. Vegas is crazy. They opened it up. Um, you got to wear your mask and all that. But even with the mask, I just felt, I don't know what it is. Like, just so, just so much anxiety. Being around so many people, drunk, like just sitting in their masks and stuff. Like, and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to be around. Um, so, yeah, the, the anxieties of being around people that, that could still infect me, um, knock on wood, that, you know, I, I've gone this this long. Um, but then again, I take precautions. I stay home. I quarantine in my in my house. You know, I, I wear my mask everywhere, as you can tell. Um, no, don't get me wrong. If I was at my own house, then I'll take it off. But Sure. But yeah, like I, I, I miss Disney. I wish we could do it, but I'm in no rush. Yeah. You know? So I mean, again, it, it's one of those. Even with, like people are like, oh, well, if you get, if you get a, the the vaccination, you don't need to wear a mask. I'm like, yeah, but I'm still gonna. Yeah. You know, um, it's just a personal thing. Like if somebody like attacks me for wearing a mask, I'm like, why do you care? It's a piece of, it's something I'm wearing. It's like me wearing a hat. You don't like the hat. You want me to take it off? No. What's your problem? You know what I mean? Yeah. You no. Know? That's that is a that's a good comparison about a hat. Like if you're if you're telling me the CDC says I don't have to wear a hat, that's cool. I'm gonna because I, I want the sun <laughs> right? out of my eyes and I like, like hats. You know, I'm still gonna wear the hat. I'm still gonna wear a pair of shorts. You know what I mean? Like it's I'm the one wearing it. You, you I'm not making you do it. Um, but anyway. I just, that's, I just keep thinking about India. India is currently being ravaged by the virus and by COVID. And yeah. I I don't know. I don't I don't know when I will feel comfortable, even though the CDC says that you can't wear a mask. But I just feel like 
I don't want I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like summer is upon us, and the economy really wants all the money that summer brings. I just yeah. that just seems really weird that now we can take off our masks, even though they just said that we have to double mask it because the variant the variants the 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 uh, different versions of the COVID virus are among us, and I'm just like, uh, I don't. We're not done yet. The pandemic's not over yet. <laughs> well, none of that. Um, normally, I don't tell people this, but I have a heart condition, um, oh. high blood pressure, uh-huh. all this. Kind of thing. So, I'm more, um, I'm more susceptible. 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 I'm more yeah. susceptible to getting it, and it'll really hit me hard if I get it. Yeah. And so, I, I don't care what anybody says. I'm gonna be a ninja until I feel comfortable right you know I, mean? I, mean, I know exactly it. what you mean <laughs> i want i want to get the whole shredder set up i want to build like a foam hat the, the shredder <laughs> i think that'd be awesome that'd be awesome especially now that mortal Kombat came out i'm surprised yeah. that more people had that you know we were we were watching mortal Kombat. me and my friend were watching mortal Kombat yesterday and we were saying man they really dropped the ball on selling a bunch of scorpion masks <laughs> I mean, you should you shouldn't be able to go anywhere like a Walmart, a Kmart, a Target, Kmart. Did I say Kmart? A Target without seeing Scorpion and and Sub Zero Mask everywhere. Yeah, it you doesn't make not, any sense. <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. Like, um, well, we don't want kids beating each other up. They're gonna do it anyway. They're gonna do it anyway. Come yeah. on, <laughs> that's what Mortal Kombat has always been about. <laughs> Get her over here. I've been doing that since I was a kid. <laughs> just, um, I'm gonna pull the spine out. So you, yeah, you you mentioned that uh, you draw a lot in steampunk, um, and your comic book that you worked on, uh, uh, Contraptor. Am I putting the right emphasis in the right syllable? <laughs> like Contraptor, right? <laughs> yes, you are. Um, he's okay, called cool. the Contraptor because in the, in the steampunk world, the Contraptor is the guy that makes the contraptions. Um, if you wanna. I don't know, a spider made into your chair. He's the guy that makes it for you. So what he did, my, the main character, the contractor, he made a, a, a super suit back in the steampunk era. And uh, he made it for the Secret Service. Now, the reason why he did that is because him and his brother were on detail on the night that Lincoln got assassinated. And, and back then, that was... It was the first time there was a security detail, like Secret Service, was put into places because um, of Lincoln. And so when he got assassinated, he donned the suit to go look for the actual um, conspiracy, you know, conspirators of the the Lincoln assassination. Yeah, there was John Wilkes Booth, but who put him up to it? That kind of thing. Um, so it's a it's a worldwide adventure. Um, in a steampunk world where they go to Asia, to Europe, you know, all the major continents, um, you know, flying airships and all that kind of craziness. Uh, and and that's basically the, the story right there. Um, I'm actually doing issue number six, which is the final issue in the, the series. And then once that's done, I'm moving on to a different project that has nothing to do with steampunk. So um, this is going to be my 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 last steampunk uh, issue, number six for Contraptor. 
we'll, we'll, we will we will see about that because I feel like uh, you've got a real knack for steampunk and uh, the redesigns of famous characters in a steampunk uh, filter are pretty fantastic. So you see that as your last your last <laughs> hurrah in steampunk, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I I gotta be honest with you. Yeah, I want it to be the last, but there's people already like, if you're gonna stop, can I just commission you to do <laughs> like, um, what's an Emerita from Brave? Can I commission you to do a uh, Scar from Lion King? I'm like. I mean, I, you know, if, if there's enough zeros in the... <laughs> Everyone's enough, got their price. <laughs> if there's enough digits, I guess I'll, I'll just do it. And so, um, yeah, I, a lot of the supporters, I don't like to call them fans because sure. we're all on the same level. Um, a lot of my supporters, they don't want me to give up the steampunk thing. But I'm like, do you know how hard it is to do steampunk? Like every gear <laughs> and every detail. I like and the, the rivets on the gears and making sure that everything fits together? Oh, my God. <laughs> but, again, like, you know, there, there's a fan base for it. And they don't want me to give it up. Um, a lot of it's like, can you do, like, like for example, the other, one of my commissions I'm working on right now, he's, uh, the character is the creator of the Wushu Kung Fu style. And the guy, like, you know, he does Kung Fu in real life. And he's like, yeah, I'd love to see that steampunk. And I was like, Ooh. okay, I looked at this character. And he's a badass, right? He's got the long stack, you know, the, with the blade. Of the, I mean, it's crazy. And it's going to be so detailed that I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die doing this one. But it's interesting because I like to, you know, um, I like to press the issue. I like to, to expand my world. And I've never done that type of character before. I mean, it's unfortunate that I got to do steampunk on it, but that's what he wants. And it's actually coming out pretty cool looking. Just the, um, just, just the idea of like finding out what key ingredients will make each, uh, each part of it, the, uh, uh, the known character and steampunk recognizable and trying to marriage the two, that sounds like a lot of fun. Especially because, you know, there's dragons and koi fish and all kinds of crazy stuff on it. Yeah. Even even just the, the design, the garb that he's wearing, I, I it lends to I can make that steampunk too. So it's like three or four layers of steampunk on the same character, and I got to marry it so that you can look at it and say, "Hey, that's the you know I, I don't know what his name is." Sure, it still has to be recognizable. Yeah, exactly. You know, he still has to have a certain hair and certain facial hair, all that kind of stuff, but. It's, it's working out. So, I'm 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 looking. I'm, I I hope that when you're done, you can you know give me a sneak peek or because like, <laughs> it sounds fantastic. I can't wait to see what it looks like. Um, so uh, if you had to make a steampunk version of any classic sitcom, what would you pick? Okay, I like that question because it goes layers. There's different ones. Like there's yeah. a black and white, um, like Little Rascals. Uh -huh. Because they had, they had their uh, their clubhouse, so it'd be it'd be kind of cool to see what they're doing a steampunk version. Um, their bicycles, like you know, like how um, in Back to the Future they had the, the milk or the crate box, that you, and then you had the, the wheels underneath it. Yeah, and, yeah, right, like the scooter. 
um, I mean, there, there's different things that an Andy Griffith show, um, because they use revolvers and, you know, their guns, um, it's a small town, small rural town. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot to, that's the black and white. Yeah, no, I'm just, right now I'm picturing a, a Don Knotts in, like, seam punk gear, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, go on. Right, and then he and then he got Gomer Pyle. Well, golly! <laughs> um, and and then well, and more recent, um, I was thinking about like uh, Wings uh, with Tony Shalhoub and all those guys, um, because they're set in uh, Nantucket and they're set in a uh, an airport, so there's airplanes, so they can be flying, you know. Uh, Airships, there could be zephyrs, all of that kind of stuff. You know, with you know crazy wings on the, on the zephyrs and um, rivets everywhere. Um, your choices, your choices so far have been unexpectedly cool. Like I knew that, like I, when I was thinking of this question, and you and I, I wrote sitcoms. I was thinking of some like really cheesy shit, but <laughs> but yeah, being in an airport would be really cool. Like wings with steampunk wings would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's like they come out like bats. Yeah. <laughs> They're flapping, you know, ready for takeoff. <laughs> well, even um, even the logo, how they have that, uh, the pilot kind of thing going on, just having them be pipes would be a lot of fun. See, I mean, right there, that just the logo alone would be cool. So, yeah, wings would be one. Um, and then I was thinking, remember that show, Small Wonder? Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, she has the, the orange juice come out of her finger, all that kind of stuff. Instead of having her like more realistic, she'd be more steampunk, you know. Um, and the, and her father or creator, he does other steampunk versions of her, and you know, he made the boy version and a dog version, um, all of that kind of stuff. But you except- made her a million times creepier than she already is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one eye pops out. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that would be kind of cool. But, yeah, I, again, I would stick with Wings as my my 80s version of sitcom. Um, I think the Andy Griffin show and, and maybe Little Rascals. I was thinking, like, I love Lucy, but there's nothing. I mean, I, I love Lucy Ball. She's one of my favorite comedic actresses. But she was in a, the Copacabana or, like, you know, all of that stuff. And I don't know what she did. <laughs> Either she's like, like working at a chocolate factory, or she's you know, but there wasn't anything. Solid, like she didn't have a work aspect to it, and mm-hmm. I think that's what that would lend to a steampunk thing. If there's a work aspect, maybe Alf. You know, you can make the the flying saucer he came out of a uh, steampunk version. Um, you know, he's always chasing a steampunk cat. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's different things, but yeah, I, I like the wings one the best. It's it's interesting that you said uh, that what would help inspire um, steampunk art is thinking about what the job would be, because that is that's really accurate. That uh, <laughs> when you think of steampunk, you have to think of what profession and what is the point of the of the being of the physical yeah. thing. It has to. It has to have a motive to be able to be built. Like it can't just be built just for the fun of it. <laughs> like, uh, um, like that that movie with Jackie Chan, um, Around the World in Eighty Days. 
Mm -hmm. A lot of steampunk stuff in it. And the reason why I kind of liked it is because everything you made had a purpose. Um, It has to have function. You know, like, don't get me wrong. You can have the top hat with the little door in it, you know. But that little door has to have, like, a punching, (laughs) like, a punching uh, spring in it. It has to have a reason. Right? It's got to have a reason. It's got to have a function. Even if the reason is so absurd and silly, there still has to be some reason to have it. (laughs) Why is that door up there? You'll see. At 1 o'clock, a little bird comes out with his top hat. Or even on the bazaar on Wild Wild West when they had the pool table that goes underneath. It's like, oh, that's silly, but uh, it will be used. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how you get somebody you don't want on your train. Get them off the train real quick. (laughs) So when this... When this, uh, when this bowl of Question Crunch goes uh, on online, uh, it will be May 21st. And May 21st is, you know, I like to find out what random holidays are on various days. And okay. today will be Rapture Party Day. Because 10 years ago, um, and uh, I'm always, uh, this word is so tricky, evangel- evangelist, evangelist, there we go. An evangelist made a prediction that on May 21st, 2011, there was going to be, it was going to be the rapture. He looked in the Bible and he read, he read all the numbers and added them up in whatever way he did. And he figured out that the rapture was going to be on May 21st, 2011. That, then this year will be the 10th anniversary of that prediction. And uh, so that being said, if you are going to make a comic of the apocalypse and you, you had to cast the four horsemen and you can cast them whoever you want fictional or real, who would be your four horsemen? Oh, my goodness. You know, I had so many. When I read the pre-question, I had yeah. so many. Um, of course, you know, going with the, the comic books, um, you know, comic books, superhero style. Um, let me see. Pestilence. Uh, yeah, we can go down for the people who are listening. They might not know who the four horsemen are. Uh, war, pestilence, famine, and uh, death. Okay, so um, death would be death in in the Marvel Cinematic or the Marvel Universe where Thanos is actually courting death. Mm-hmm. She's an actual character. So that'd be one, death. Um, number two... Not, not Sandman's death? What was that? Not Sandman's oh, death. In fact, I change. I change it. I change. I, I'm not going to go with the Marvel death. I'm going to go with the Sandman death. Okay. I, <laughs> I'm glad you brought her up because um, the high cost of living that book blew my freaking mind. Like I did. I back then I didn't even used to read comics. I read that and it blew my mind. So yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, just when it, whenever someone says comic book death, that's the first death I think of. Just because I love I love the design. Oh, that design is so awesome. Like, keep in mind, I used to love goth girls in high school, but uh-huh. they never loved me. Like, they, they, could, they wouldn't give me the time of day. Like, <laughs> um, okay, so that'd be that. Um, I think Pestilence, I'll go with Goofy from, from Disney. <laughs> He's always messing up somehow. Uh-huh. And, he, and, and he doesn't do it on purpose. It's just natural. Sure. Uh, I call him goofy, and especially, um, especially like back in the days, he used to have those short films where he'd be like a, a shot putter, 
or he'd be a basketball player, or he'd be, you know, baseball. And, I mean, God, he, everything would just go to hell. My – so before before we continue on with the Four Horsemen, um, yeah. the Goofy Shorts, my mm-hmm. favorite one that my mind always goes to is the one where he was learning how to fly a plane. Because uh, at first yeah. he makes the plane out of, like, I think it's clay, and it melts as he's going up. And I always loved the imagination. I, I always loved how they animated the liquid melting of the plane. And I'm, right. you know what? After we're done recording this, I'm going to go watch it because I'm going to see if it's on Disney Plus because I really need to watch it now. <laughs> In fact, I, I watched a few. I don't know. If, I mean, again, my memory's shot. I, I, it should be a part of it because of the story. <laughs> I'm um, just thinking. Of, I'm thinking of the narrator talking to Goofy. So, are you trying to? Are you trying to spread the apocalypse? Well, follow <laughs> this. <laughs> Luffy, <laughs> gorge, uh, gorge, Woo-hoo, Maxi. <laughs> anyway, um, so okay, so there's pestilence. What what, what was Goofy? We got uh, Goofy is pestilence. We got death is death. Uh, so we have war and famine. Um, war. Oh boy. Ah. Uh, hmm. Well, famine. I'd actually go with Kobayashi. Okay. Um, he's a world famous professional eater from Japan. He's got the thing called the Kobayashi Shuffle, where he, you know, everything he eats is stuck up here. He'll shuffle and it falls into, and now he's got an extra stomach or something. Oh, um, I'm looking that up. I'm gonna look that up. I need oh, yeah. to see his shuffle. Kobayashi <laughs> Shuffle, um, or the Kobayashi Shake. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. And. Up until um, Kenny Chestnut, he was unbeatable. I mean, this guy could eat like three thousand eggs, like boiled eggs. This guy eats like tacos. He he holds so many records. Um, but the reason why he doesn't compete in the hot dog eating contest at Nathan's is because they wanted him to be exclusive to Nathan. And he said, oh. "I'm not going to do that because I make money off of doing other events." And so, but they're like, well, we're going to pay you enough to do it. Like, but that's not the point. Like, my sponsors pay me millions of dollars to eat, you know, to eat gyozas or, you know, sushi rolls or whatever. Yeah. And that's international. For Nathan, they're like, no, we want you to do it, you know, professional. Blah, blah, blah. And then Kenny Chestnut beat him. And then that was it. So, um, but that that'd be famine because he would mm-hmm. eat everything that nobody else could. Um and war? Oh man. I, I know this is gonna be controversial. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> but I'd choose Donald Trump. Okay. <laughs> he has to war. Um, you know, during his time, I mean, thank God he's not there anymore, but yeah. During his time, he didn't have a war. But he was I mean his attitude, and it's so nonchalant how he he would trade lives for his ego. That I, I can see someone like that just starting war just because because they yeah. wouldn't give him a steak dinner, you know, because they wouldn't let him at the front of the line at a buffet. He'd start a war just where he would buy the hotel and just fire everybody. Or make I mean, them you you could you could argue that the attack on the I mean no it's not arguable uh, it's fact that the attack on the Capitol is because of him so yeah. while he while he has not 
literally said the words, let's go to war, or, like, said anything conclusive, I guess. Um, <laughs> he knew he how did. To yeah, he, he's caused some... He's caused some Serious shit with some real repercussions going on in the world right yeah. now, and we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, feeling his consequences for quite a while. Like, <laughs> yeah. honestly, he's basically started a civil war in America, where you know there's no tolerance, there's no accepting of like, hey, you know what? You have a different point of view. I get it. You know, this is my point of view. Yes, your point of view. We're we're allowed to have it. Now it's you don't like what we what get out of our country. He's like that, that's not that's not the point. <laughs> you don't like it, leave it. No, I don't like it. I'm going to change it so it's better. You know, again, it's a controversial pick, but it, I I never liked the guy. He was he sucked in uh, Home Alone too. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I never liked his TV show. And it, it's funny, like people again. Getting into controversial things here. No, no, don't worry. This, I think a, a few episodes of this podcast, I've said my shit about Donald Trump, and I will <laughs> always, like, I, I try to stay away from politics just because sometimes I have a guest that doesn't yeah. want to be, uh, doesn't want to be connected to po politics. But if you follow my art in any way, you mm. know how much I hate Donald Trump. So <laughs> feel free. You don't have to put the preface of controversial, just complete shit on the man. <laughs> well, I just think that. Like he, but when people say, "Oh, he's just like us," I'm sorry, but I don't live in New York, 52 stories up in my own hotel, and shit in a go toilet. You know what I mean? Oh well, Donald Trump will work for America. Donald Trump has never worked for anybody but himself his entire life. Well, Donald Trump is a great, uh, you know, businessman. Like, how do you make the Taj Mahal? It's literally a casino that you can print your own money. How do you bankrupt that? You know what I mean? I, again, but if you if you say that to his followers, they'll make excuses. Well, that's not exactly what he said. That's not what he actually did. Whatever. Uh, his followers, if, even if you throw facts or evidence at them, they will not accept it. And I, I can't remember which episode I talked about, but I, I did mention that I went out of my way to go to a uh, nonpartisan website and it didn't matter because all I, I I sent them math and they're like, oh well, that's just math. I'm like, well, math is proof. That's what math. <laughs> all, that's all math is. <laughs> math they is don't math. care. The the whole QAnon nonsense is just so upsetting. Um, I think the most controversial thing about you picking Tr Donald Trump as war is that I can't see that man ride a horse. <laughs> <laughs> they're the four horsemen because they're riding horses. I just I see him like get out like. I can't even see him getting on a horse. I don't see that happening. Three <laughs> horsemen on a golf cart. So. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, now I can see the comic. Now it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, they could be said something about the four horsemen as Disney characters. Uh huh. Um, like for example, uh, Mickey Mouse. I think he would be War. Okay. Because of Fantasia, you know, starting all that junk. Sure. Again, Goofy would be pestling. Well, actually, no. I'm sorry. Uh, Donald would be war because he's an angry duck. <laughs> uh -huh. um, and uh, pestilence war. Now, are we just sticking with the classic Disney characters? Because there's a lot of movies you can pick from. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm sticking with the classic, you know, stable character. Okay. But you can okay. Hades. Yeah. Hades is war or death, right? In oh, fact, no. But Hades is not a classic cartoon character because if we're going to go throughout all of Disney stuff, right. you got Chernabog, you got the Horn King. Oh, yeah. See, everybody forgets about um, the Black Cauldron. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a whole bunch. Um, I kind of want to think of all of the Disney demons teaming up together to be the four horsemen. Holy shit. So would, would Maleficent be a demon because she turned into a dragon? Oh, I'm accepting Maleficent as a demon. Okay. Well, there you she's, go. One of the, she's one of the most badass villains. Like, I still think about it a lot when, uh, when she shows up at the party and she's like, well, I guess my invite was just lost. And they're like, you weren't ever <laughs> invited. And she's like, oh, that's a shame. And it's like, no, she gave you a pass. You could have said, oh, yeah, it got lost, and really? <laughs> you, you wouldn't be the antagonist. But she gave you the pass, and you decided to spit in her face. And she's like, well, I guess curse your baby then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my, you know, I never thought of that. Holy crap. Like, you know, yeah, I guess uh, my invite got lost in the mail. No, we just didn't invite you. It's like she gave you an opportunity to say sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to be and a nice person. And even the part where uh, she's even talking to the prince and saying um, uh, that you'll be able to ride gallantly into the night. And she's mocking him and laughing at him. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I love Maleficent. I really do. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm willing to say that she's a demon, D Disney demon. Okay. Yeah, that's That would be one of my demons. That uh, one, the Burn King. Uh, what's, what's the big dude in... in Chernabog. Chernabog. I mean, that's classic right there. Yeah. Mm. Chernabog, I love Chernabog. Um, so, uh, it, we're, we're nearing the end of the episode. Um, what words of wisdom would you give to any aspiring artist? Continue to learn. Continue to gain knowledge in every aspect. From how to draw a tripod to how to draw a, a cell phone realistic. Um, and learn your motion, you know, do, do the fast sketches, learn the motion, learn the, um, the reason why bodies twist in certain ways. Um, every, everything will help you. So as long as the knowledge is there, you can expand on it. So, yeah. And, and this is a Jimmy Pro and the used media, uh, podcast. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh,